Hey everybody, it's Dr. Sophie. Welcome back to our weekly podcast. Hope you're all doing well. Our last podcast, we talked about emotional first aid. Sounds interesting, and it really was interesting. We learned what a psychological wound is and how we sustain them, how to take care of them, how to bandage them up and heal them so that they actually go away and they don't linger around. We also discussed how failure distorts our perception of who we are and ourself. We talked about how building up self-esteem can act like an emotional immune system, all built around the ways a wound and healing and immune system. We tried to do that kind of crosswalk to the psychological apparatus of a wound and how to heal it and not have baggage kind of hanging around. So take a listen. It's a really great podcast, and you'll find all of my podcasts on my website, on iTunes, or on my phone app. So jump in. They're free. Enjoy them. This week, however, we are talking about burning out. There's a lot of burnout going on, trust me. What is it? How do we prevent it? How do we deal with it? What's the path that you get on that you end up at hitting that wall of burnout? How to recover from it? Joining me today on our Burnout podcast is Paula Davis Lack. She's an attorney, and she'll be telling us a lot about herself, but she is an internationally published writer, stress and resilience expert, and a positive psychology practitioner. She has trained on stress management, resiliency skills to thousands of professionals, educators, lawyers, managers, you name it. She's trained them across the world, military personnel in the Middle East, South Korea, France, Australia, and throughout the United States. She's going to tell us a little bit more and a lot more about stress management and resilience and the ability to bounce back. Paula, are you with us? I am with you, Dr. Sophie. It's so nice to be here. Thank, Thank you. you. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. It's so, a good day. Yeah, it's a great day. Tell me what the initials M-A-P-P behind your name mean. Sure, that's a Master's in Applied Positive Psychology. Very nice. So that helps you know a lot about resiliency. That is it. So that's right. tell me, like, what made you interested in talking about bouncing back and resiliency and positive <laughs> stuff? Oh, that good stuff. Yeah, so I actually started my career as a lawyer. So I tell people I'm actually a recovering lawyer. Ha-ha. <laughs> yeah, and so I practiced for seven years uh, doing commercial real estate law. And the last year of my practice uh, was a really tough one for me because uh, what I know now, looking back, is that I actually burned out and was going through that process for really the last year of my practice. And uh, once I decided to leave my law practice, I wanted to figure out what the heck happened, why did it happen, and how can I help other people make sure that they don't have to go through what I went through uh, during that period of time. So that all led me to the University of Pennsylvania and positive psychology and resilience and, and all that good stuff. So. Very nice. I love you, I'm from Philly. Oh, nice. <laughs> so tell us, really, what does it mean that you burn out? Like, what is it? So I actually define it as the chronic state of being out of sync with one or more aspects of your life. And uh, the key word in that definition is really chronic. Yeah, I was going to so, say, why is that key? Yeah, so because um, burnout, it's not like you wake up one day and say, oh, wow, I'm burned out. Right. It's really a process. And for me, it happened over the course of about a year or so of, of just disengagement pure exhaustion, being cynical, uh, you know, this whole cocktail of things that happened. And for me, the source of that was, was work, and, and that is the source for a lot of people. So tell me, is everyone's path, obviously the answer is yes, but everyone's path is different to reaching burnout, correct? 
Yes, are absolutely. There, are there things that you would tell our listeners that are predictors or ways to look at how it's going to be faster or quicker if you're this way or that way or if you have this much cynicism or this much exhaustion? Yeah, I think people, um, you know, from what I've been reading in the research for sure, I mean, people who have that, that typical kind of type A personality, that, um, you know, high achiever, go-getter type um, mentality tend to put themselves on the path to burnout a little bit um, more so. And, uh, you know, being in those stressful professions, being able to or not being able to figure out healthy ways to manage your stress uh, and, and keeping up with and going with certain, you know, unsustainable things like, you know, working 12, 14 hours a day every day without breaks. A lot of those types of things play into, uh, you know, who's going to experience burnout. Oh, okay. And what would you tell our listeners then are the key things that are out of synchronically that would define burnout? Is it your yeah. appetite? Is it your yeah. sleep? Is it, what is it? Yeah, and, and I mean, a lot of the research, again, points to, um, you know, burnout and work. Um, I think, though, that you can certainly be a burnt-out parent and a burnt-out spouse and a burnt-out partner and, and all of that. But so focusing specifically on, on work, um, there's sort of six key areas of mismatch, it's called, between you and what you're doing. Um, so the first one is a lack of control. Uh, you don't have a lot of say in what's going on, and your sense of control over what you do is often undermined or limited, so that's pretty tough. Like, explain that um, a little more. Yeah, so um, so your sense of control over what you do is undermined or limited, and you don't have a lot of say in what's going on. So, for example, I know uh, as a lawyer and, and folks in the legal profession, um, we don't have a lot of control over how a judge is going to respond to our uh. to the outcome of our cases. Um, we don't have a lot of control over necessarily our workload or when clients are going to pick up the phone and call us. So it, it's having that sense of not being able to dictate sort of next steps and how much influence you have okay. uh, in your work. And you can have that in anything. You could yeah. be, you know, you could be working for somebody and you're not even a, a doctor or a lawyer and you have the issues of not having any control because your boss has that control or the budget is dictating something. So there's factors out of your control. Yes. Got it. Okay. What's yes. number two? Yep. The second one is having a values conflict. So there's a disconnect between your own core values and the core values of the organization. That's so key because many people feel that. It's so key. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I certainly didn't have a class on values at any point in my educational no, experience. No, right. And I think we get, we sort of forget and just become a little bit disconnected from exactly what are our values and not only that, but I think you have a lot of companies who trot out their mission statements and all of these things, but they don't really live up to what they're actually marketing in terms of the values that the company lives by. Right, right. So, so that values disconnect is is um, is pretty big. And you know, I one of my values was valuing my my health. Um, that sort of went by the wayside because as I, you know, was in a pretty stressful profession, I had to kind of work the hours that I had to work to get my stuff done. And uh, so there was a disconnect there for me. Yeah, and you just lower your bar every time. Right. And you're in denial, and you're like, well, I got to do it, I got to do it. It's not that big of a deal. I'll eat later, I'll sleep later, I have the weekend to catch up. And before you know it, it's all-encompassing. Yeah. yeah, before you know it, years go by. And, and for me, I mean, there was a four-year period of time where I didn't take a vacation. I mean, for me, I wow. thought that... Yeah, taking like a long weekend, you know, taking a Friday off or a Monday off or something would would be enough to, mm -hmm. 
it recharge my batteries and it just it's not. really was no. kind of laughable that I thought that. Yeah, I mean, you need at least three or four days just to put the, the phone down. You're right, exactly. All right, what's number um, three? So the third one is insufficient reward. So it's, it, insufficient reward is more than just feeling like you're undercompensated. So it's a little bit more than just dollars and cents, although that's part of it. Another part of it is feeling like you're taken for granted uh, and that you're not recognized. So you're not appreciated. Big. Say that? You're not really appreciated. Yeah, not really appreciated. And I think that leaders and managers and folks at work and, and really anybody in a relationship can just kind of up their game in terms of, taking 30 seconds out of their day to either recognize somebody face-to-face or I know at my husband's company, they have a great policy. The CEO will actually send out a company-wide email when folks have worked really well on really big and tough projects just to say thank you. And it goes such a long way. Oh, huge, huge. Because you get to see it in writing or you get to see the faces or the emotional responses from your peers and coworkers and you feel valued. Absolutely. Without question. Okay, so it's not all about money. Not all about money. Okay, number four. Number four is work overload. So (laughs) your workload is too much, too complex, or too urgent. And for me as a lawyer, I mean, it was was really all three of those things. But I had a client, it's so funny I tell this story, I had a client who used to send me projects, and he would sort of categorize the level of urgency of all of them. Yeah. And his, his, his three-tiered system was nuclear, super nuclear, and catastrophic. Exactly. So what's the difference? <laughs> right, exactly. And I don't think he even knew. You know, he just knew that he wanted stuff to get done as soon as possible. So, And, you know, that's a tough one for people, I think, yeah. these days, because especially coming, you know, out of the... Great Recession and the, you know, the economic downturn, so many people are doing the work of one person is doing the work of several people. And uh, while that might have been somewhat of a short-term strategy, it's certainly not something that's sustainable long-term. Absolutely. No, that's key. I mean, really. Okay, number five. Absolutely. Number five is unfairness. So you or others um, are treated unfairly. Maybe there's a culture of favoritism assignments or promotions are arbitrary. You don't understand, you know, why did that person get picked over me or somebody else? And decisions are discussed behind closed doors. So you're not in the loop with, you know, decisions and what folks are deciding about you and your future and the direction of um, your work in the company. Yeah, that's that's a really icky kind of feeling where you work in an environment where, like, it gets quiet when you walk in a room. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. It's awful. Or you're going to your office or you're walking down a hallway and, like, all of the doors are shut and you're wondering what's going on. Yeah, that's just horrible to do to people. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a bad thing. So that's number five. And 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 then the last one um, is a breakdown of community. So there's really no mechanism for conflict resolution. You're dealing with patronizing colleagues, backstabbing, and there's a lack of feedback. For you. So, um, you know, I think one of the common threads that runs through a lot of our stress issues today and burnout and a lot of, you know, what we're seeing is this whole lack of community and this lack of connection between folks, especially at work. Okay. So then what you're saying is all six of these lead to 
lots of stuff inside of people that never gets addressed, feelings, thoughts, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And what's really clear is that you don't need to have all six of these as a problem, even if you have just one. If there's a serious enough mismatch between that issue and, and you and the type of work that you do, you've put yourself on a path to be more likely to burn out. Got it. So everybody's path is different. The timeline to the outcome is different. But the bottom line is these six pieces on some level in some mixture are going to be there and start the process if you don't Absolutely. address these things. And so um, what's the difference then between burnout and like depression? Or does so one really, lead to the other? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I, I see burnout as being this gateway. So burnout is something that will kick the door open to you potentially having things like anxiety issues and depression issues and, and, and some of these other maybe more mental illness type things. And for me, uh, the it just busted the door wide open to panic attacks. So I started to get panic attacks on a very regular basis. And I think one of the big differences is that, though, um, and I understood that the source of my burnout was the work that I was doing. Um, I remember the last day that I left, um, you know, I was working in-house at a big company, and I remember when I literally left to, to, you know, go start school and do something different. It was June 24th of 2009. And uh, I remember literally walking out to my car, and it felt like a huge weight was being lifted off my shoulders. So once you have, once you address and, and figure out a way to remove the source of burnout, things start to get better very, very, very quickly. They do? Versus, yeah, versus uh, like a depression uh, where even, you know, it just seems to be kind of more of a long-term type thing. Okay. So, I mean, you do think, though, that the buildup is the spillover into a potential mental thing, whether it's an Absolutely. anxiety, depression, panic attack, and you don't have to have the genetic setup either. It could just be situational that just spills over. Yeah, absolutely, without question. And, and that's also not to say, too, just because you're burned out doesn't necessarily guarantee or mean that you're yeah. going to experience anxiety issues or depression or whatnot, but it's absolutely one of those. Set burnout is just a gateway to yeah. all of that. Stuff. Got it. Okay. So we have, um, we have Beth from Connecticut asking, is there a difference between burning out and being bored? Am I burning out on school or am I bored? How do you know the difference? Oh, that, that's an interesting question and one that I haven't actually heard before. I really love that. And I think uh, I think part of it goes back to those areas of mismatch uh, where, you know, we were talking about the lack of control of values, conflict, and all of those things. Right. And are you seeing that with your schoolwork, potentially? And uh, is that, you know, maybe pointing to uh, more of a burnout? And you also kind of know you're in burnout when you're extremely cynical you're extremely exhausted and you start to disengage or detach uh, from other people and folks that you may go to school with and other folks that you work with. So um, that's a big differentiator yeah. as well. I mean, I would also say that, you know, I tell a lot of people that boredom is oftentimes anger you're not dealing with and you're hitting it up against the wall. And, you know, you could be getting angry from one of those six issues you talked about, but whatever right. it is, it's something that's driving you. And before you get cynical or before you get depressed or bored or burned down, maybe boredom is something you got to look at. But do you think it is something to look at or is it something you should just say, ah, I'm bored and move on? 
Uh, no, I mean, I think if you're if you're really feeling um, bored with something, I mean, I think it's it's a signal. I mean, the the emotions and and behaviors that you're feeling and exhibiting um, need to absolutely be taken a look at to see, you know, what is the source of this? What am I thinking? Is this school related? Is this something more? Um, is is there another issue going on right. for myself in my life that might be influencing all of this? But it could be a red flag. Absolutely. Okay, let's take a voicemail. Hang on. Hey, Dr. Sophie, this is Jeremy. I'm calling because uh, I am currently just started my residency training uh, a couple months ago. Finished college, you know, went to med school and, and just starting now. And, uh, you know, I'm really, really enjoying it so far. Definitely tough, but learning a lot. Each good day seems to come with a, a tough day. And, you know, I feel like sometimes my excitement each day decreases a little bit, um, especially when I kind of look into the future and and see the uh, many years and, and long road I still have ahead of me. And, and sometimes I worry that I won't be able to bring the same passion um, and, and caring for my patients and, and worry about burning out a little bit because, you know, it is each day is more taxing, it seems like, than the, the last. But, you know, I, I'd appreciate any any suggestions kind of going forward that you may have? Thanks. Wow. What do you think? Yeah, wow. Um, it was interesting because I, I went back and flipped through, through some of, of my literature and information and, you know, just uh, found uh, an article about the prevalence of physician burnout. And yeah. I saw that, it, you know, ranging from 25 to 60% of practicing physicians are experiencing some level of burnout. And that's a lot. That's a lot. Trust me. Um, and I give him a lot of credit for uh, thinking about these issues earlier on yep. in his career. Absolutely. And one of the things that I um, teach and talk to people a lot about is how to build their resiliency. So how to build your resiliency to stress and some of the things that, um, you know, the challenges and the changes and things that you're going to experience during your career. And resilience uh, is all about bouncing back from, but also moving forward and thriving when you're presented with a challenge, change, or stress. Say that one, one more time. They need to hear that slowly. Yes. So the definition, or what I like to think of in terms of resilience is how you not only bounce back from, but move forward and thrive when you're presented with challenge, change, and stress. That's key. So I think that's uh, pretty much all of us. And the acronym that I use is FOCUS. So you're going to build your focus. Got it. Tell us what that is. Yes, the F is flexible, accurate, and thorough thinking. So you can uh, think of the acronym SAT as one of my colleagues calls it. Flexible, accurate, and thorough thinking. Um, And I wish there had been a course years ago when I was in law school to help me figure out I call it thinking about the channel that your internal radio station is playing Yeah. to help me think about my thinking more because we are oftentimes very rigid in our thinking and very inaccurate and unrealistic in our thinking. Okay. So really okay. being more flexible. Yep. Okay. Flexible, accurate, and thorough. Okay. Um, the O is about optimistic thinking. So again, it's another little style of thinking, but focused more on optimism. 
And I'm not talking about optimism like, oh, tomorrow's going to be rainbows and unicorns and butterflies. Right. And be happy and good. Right, or tomorrow my boss will be in a better mood. <laughs> right. It's um, really a thinking style, and it's basically rooted in what do you tell yourself when things go wrong? Um, are you thinking that, you know, the bad stuff is going to last forever and impact every area of your life? Or are you understanding, you know, that it's probably limited to one certain area, it's probably not going to be around forever, and understanding where you have control and influence? Yeah. Or that's you, the optimism. Yeah. I mean, that's probably key for people who feel they are responsible for a bad outcome at work. If they've Absolutely. done everything they could do, then, you know, are you able to bounce back from that and be optimistic? Right. Absolutely. And think about, you know, Jeremy, who is, you know, in his residency, that's, you know, going to be something that he's going to have to learn to do. With. Right. Yep. Absolutely. That is building resiliency. You know, it feels Absolutely. bad. You know, if we don't have a good outcome with a patient or you don't have the kind of night that you thought you were going to have on call, whatever, you got to be able to bounce back. And, you know, Absolutely. that's the key to do it. Okay. Absolutely. What's a C mean? The C is all about connection. <laughs> so, again, you know, we're, we're kind of coming back to this theme of, you know, being able to have resources and people that you can reach out to and ask for help so, when you're busy, when you're stressed, when you're tired. Do you have that bullpen, <laughs> to use a, a baseball metaphor, but, you know, do you have that group of people or even one or two people that you can lean on when the going gets tough? So your support system. Your support system. Got it. Okay. And give me a you. And the you is understanding the big picture. So figuring out where the meaning is, um, where the purpose is. Uh, are you getting a sense that, you know, you're part of something bigger potentially in the career that you're working on? Um, how are or what are different ways than you can, that you can inject meaning into your daily activities? So that's huge. Yeah, because that context is, is really key or else you just feel like you're just drudging along every day. Yeah, and I think I think that managers and um, you know just people in general, I, I call them meaning moments. They miss a lot of meaning moments during the day because we're so busy and we're so urgent about things. Um, we're missing the the whole connecting the dots back to how our work is serving other people, how our work is helping other people, um, and having somebody be able to frame that, especially when you're early in your career, I think is huge. Yeah, and it's also having having an employee feel from their manager that they, the manager, see where they will fit in in the bigger picture and how what they're doing today helps that bigger picture and how they will grow in that bigger picture. You need an incentive. You need a stroke. Oh, absolutely. And, it, and it's all about, I think, you know, jumping out of bed every day on some level, you know, doing that type of thing and being able to connect those dots helps you have more of that, I feel like, jumping out of bed in the morning every day ready to go to work. Absolutely. Okay, what's the S? The S is just self. Um, so it's, it's self-awareness, so understanding, you know, how, how your emotions and uh, behaviors and your thinking are working or not working for you. Uh, Self-regulation, so how you uh, manage your emotions. Do you fly off the handle a lot? Or are you able to, uh, you know, be present and, and have, you know, the right type of response or reaction in situations? And then it's about self-care. It's are you taking the time that you need for yourself to rejuvenate? And I love that this is a big part of resilience because yeah. you aren't going to be your most resilient self unless you're taking a break. Yeah, if you're not sitting in a spa every now and then and you know just <laughs> steaming it up or going to the golf course or something, you got to take care of you. Yes. 
because charity begins at home. Yeah, which isn't, I mean, which is really a hard thing for a lot of people to do. And And I think it goes back sometimes to our mindsets. I mean, if we're thinking, gosh, I can handle it all on my own, um, you're not going to be likely to take a break. You're not going to be likely to reach out for help, and you're certainly not going to be likely to, you know, take that time that you need to rejuvenate. Absolutely. Okay, I want to read you an email. This is from Alan from Scottsdale. As the parent of a extremely good young golfer, I am constantly worried that my daughter is going to burn out before quote unquote cashing in on her talent. Obviously, for her benefit only, not mine. How do I balance helping my daughter become as good as she can while keeping her from burning out? Wow, what a great question. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think it, it's finding that great blend of helping her, you know, nurture the achievement aspects that she has. You know, clearly it sounds like she's quite driven and, and wants to do well, but making sure, too, that she doesn't, go into the whole perfectionist like I, I have to be perfect I have to you know make this shot perfectly and helping her establish what is her good enough um, that'll help for sure you know preserve some yeah. of energy and that's so important what you just said helping her understand what is going to be good enough so that if she reaches that mm-hmm. that she feels adequate and full and anything else is a gift and that Absolutely. we don't look for the gift every time Absolutely. And and I think it also goes back to a little bit, you know, what we were talking about with the resilience piece is making sure that she is taking some breaks. Yeah, be a kid. Um, she has to be a child. Oh, absolutely. You have to play. It's not all seriousness. Uh, you know, making sure that she's having, you know, regular interactions with her friends and, and doing the stuff that kids and teens and, and folks do. Right. Because if you're not age appropriate now, you're going to be it later on when you shouldn't be. Yeah, that's right. good. I like that. <laughs> Let's do a voicemail. Hang on. Hey, Dr. Sophie. This is Bill. I'm not sure if this is burning out, but recently I found myself not wanting to have a friendship with a good friend of mine. It's nothing that he's done, but we were spending a lot of time together while we were working on a project, and I just feel like I need a break from him. Being around him, it's just too much. Is this burning out? Because it feels like I've burned through all the time I can spend with him, ever. If it is burning out, what can I do to change how I feel? Because he is a really good friend of mine. Thanks. That's so interesting because I hear that a lot of time. They don't, people don't know if they're really angry at somebody or they just are just got toxic from them. How do you tell the difference? I think that's tough. And and I, uh, I give him a lot of credit because I think it is important to take a step back and take a break. If he feels like he's, you know, been working with this person a lot and around this person a lot and he just needs a break, I think that's really important. Uh, I think another technique or strategy to think about or to try is actually talking to this friend. I mean, I think once you take a break, it'll give you a chance to to figure out and take a look at, again, back to that self-awareness piece, you know, what's, what's behind, you know, this disconnection right now? And then getting comfortable with your side of the story and then opening up to your friend to say, hey, you know, here's what I'm seeing. What are you seeing and how can we potentially move forward with this? Yeah. And then I I also think that there's he cares, obviously, because he Mm -hmm. can't let go. So he called in. But there's feelings there that are not being resolved, like you said, and sitting down and talking, figuring out he probably got angry at him and 
maybe he feels bored from the friendship or you know on a path to burnout but it's confusing and i think you have to sit down and resolve those feelings and then see what residuals left and then you'll know where you're at yeah absolutely and i think um i think one of the things that's important too and connected to helping prevent burnout is vulnerability so I'm hearing that a little bit in what he's saying, too, because it's not always easy, first of all, to recognize in your own mind or for your own self, you know, why is this happening? Right. But then also it's an exercise in vulnerability to sit down with a good friend and say, hey, you know, I'm really ticked off or this isn't working for me right now or what else can we do to figure this out because something needs to change. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's a harder for guys to do that with other guys. Mm-hmm. And so... I think I would encourage them to do it because it really builds their ability to be a really great father and to be mm-hmm. a really good partner and be much more connected to their emotions because men are sometimes uncomfortable with that stuff. Absolutely. So I give him a lot of credit for calling in. I want to go back to a little bit about you, if you don't mind. So sure. you burned out. We know you know why it happened. You know, you know what happened, why it happened, all that stuff. But do you think it happened for a reason? Oh, I absolutely think it happened for a reason. Uh, and it's it's interesting. Uh, if uh, folks haven't heard uh, the Steve Jobs commencement speech, it, it's something that kind of went viral. I think he gave it probably back in 2005 or 2006-ish. And one of the things that has really stuck with me from what he said is that you can't connect the dots going forward. It's only when you sit back after a while, after something's happened, and you look back and you see right. then how the right. dots have connected, right? Uh, and and that is certainly the case. It's certainly the case for me because I mean the whole point of me wanting to be a lawyer was that I wanted to help people, but I didn't know what that meant. Um, I really had no huge specific reason why I decided to go to law school. Um, I mean, but having gone through all of this has really placed me on the path that I feel like I was meant to be on, to teach people, to inspire people, to really help people. Right. And so burnout then isn't a scary thing necessarily. It's happening for a reason. Hindsight is the way to really connect those dots. But And jumping ship, basically changing careers, isn't a bad thing necessarily, is it? No, absolutely not. It's not a bad thing at all. And uh it's not necessarily the answer for everyone, of course. You know, it's really an individual, you know, type situation that you have to look at. But, you know, and it's not like I woke up one day, too, and said, oh, you know, I'm going to leave my law practice tomorrow. I mean, over the course of the year, it was, you yeah. know, working with a coach to figure out what my next step was. Yeah. It was figuring out how to get healthy. It was saving money so that I could go to school. It was it's a process, really yeah, it's a whole process. Right. So when you recognize the burnout, then there's the planning to handle it and deal with it and making the changes that have to come about. Right, and even though I didn't know at the time that it was technically called burnout, I knew that I was in such a serious problem that something had to change, so yeah. I had to then start taking action steps to make that change happen. Right, and I think most people feel that way. They're in some kind of cloud. And yeah. they're coming out of it, and like you said, Job said, it's hindsight is twenty twenty, and you can connect your dots then. But in the meantime, you're in this cloud, and you're just coming out of it. The key is to know you're in it and keep moving through it. Absolutely, one foot in front of the other. I mean, I think uh, that's one of the best things you can do is just you know keep moving forward in terms of figuring out certain strategies. I mean, I, I also tried a lot of things at work in terms of you know, asking, could I switch to a different department? Could I work on different types of law projects? Um, You know, and I kept running into a wall with all of that. So that's another reason why 
you know, I felt like I didn't really have much of an option after a while because a lot of the other initial strategies that I tried um, you know, just didn't work. Right, but the key is you had initial strategies that you worked through yeah. to be able to, so, you know, you go through this process, and that's the, the moving forward. Would you yep. say then that what would you tell our listeners would be the most important thing to do to recover from the cloud or burnout that they're in? Just keep moving forward? Keep moving forward, but do so very intentionally. I feel like the early part of my career and my decision to go to law school was kind of, it was all very unintentional. It was just, oh, I think I'll try this, and oh, maybe I'll try this. Um, but to really get intentional about what you want your next steps to be um, is a big deal. And then and then also, um, you know, just having a little self-compassion. Um, you know, I think it's hard for other people to beat us up as much as we beat up ourselves sometimes. Right, exactly. And to just understand that, okay, this is a hurdle that you had to go over. You know, next steps, we'll figure it out. Um, and then just taking a pause. I mean, taking a break and really understanding that, you know, what you went through was very physically and emotionally taxing and that, you know, taking a break and building in that downtime is really important. Right. And, you know, I think it's important for our listeners to understand that it's okay if you don't know what the next step is. Yeah. Is, is, and that may be being as informed as you can be. And you just sit tight for a minute and, you know, you, something will come up. You'll get a question to yourself. Well, maybe I can ask if I can switch to the department that's different within the firm or do different projects like you did. Something will come up, but also don't put pressure on yourself if you don't know what the next question is. Oh, absolutely. And I think that um, that's also one of the benefits, too, of working with a coach or working with another person who can help you brainstorm and can help you start to think of some of those things, um, which, you know, might not be right at the forefront if you're still in the cloud or right. still kind of, you know, just initially coming right. out of the cloud. Good. Okay. So how do we find you? Where do we get all your info? And this is great work that you've done. Thank you. Thank you. So my website is www.pauladavislack, which is L-A-A-C-K.com. Okay. And folks can find me at Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is just at pauladavislack. All right. We'll be tweeting that out as soon as we're done. All right. Thank you for your expertise and your time and all of this great information. Really Thank appreciate it. Thank you so much, it. Dr. Sylvie. This is great. Thank you. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Okay. Thank you. Stay positive. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Wow, that was interesting. Really interesting podcast on burning out, how to bounce back and be resilient. We had a great expert, Paula Davis-Lack. She's an attorney. She has a ton of experience. You can find her on her website at uh, www.paulaDavisLaack.com. www.paulaDavisLaack.com. She's also on Twitter. I'll be tweeting her little handle out. But grab her information, and uh, it's a lot of good stuff that she has there and some really great ways and simple ways to remember some key things. But as far as you guys go, I want you to take away from here four really key things. Burn out. What is it? It is a chronic state. That means it's always there. It's not going away. Every now and then you're tired or you're bored or you don't want to go to work. But this is a chronic, all-the-time feeling of being out of sync. Just don't feel right. Don't feel rested. Don't feel happy. You just There's no jump in that step kind of thing. Those are the things that are going to give you a key red flag that maybe I'm heading or hitting burnout. 
Number two, it is really important to understand that there are six key elements to what causes burnout. You don't need to have all six, so take a listen to this podcast because they're all listed in there and they're detailed. You only need one, but if you got all six, I'm sure you're hitting a wall, so take a listen. We also learned that type A personalities are really those that are on a faster track to burnout. So you guys out there that are just like me, slow down and take a look. There's also a really underscored, impactful thought that burnout is a gateway. And uh, Attorney Lack said this today. It's a gateway to a lot of anxiety and depression and mental health problems. So really, take a look and see these red flags because that's really key. And then the most important thing leaving today, number four for you, is building resiliency because resiliency is the insurance that you have that you're going to be able to bounce back from burnout. So learning about resiliency, and she gave us some really great ways to look at resiliency and ways to really stay focused because that's the little acronym she used to give us the ways to remember resiliency and to build it within ourselves because that's the insurance we have that we can bounce back from it. So great information, four great points. you got a great expert on here, so take a listen. She's got a good website. Tons of good information. All of my podcasts, just like this one, is available or are available on my website and on iTunes and on my little old phone app, Dr. Sophie on Call. Website is www.drsophie.com. Phone app is Dr. Sophie on Call. It's available on iTunes for free. Voicemail is always there if you need to say something. Ask me a question, 1-855-767-4966. Again, my book, Side by Side, the revolutionary mother-daughter program for conflict-free communication is there if you need it. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll know where I'm at. Visit iTunes to download the full version of Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up. And the most important thing is don't forget to sweep. But you got to keep your head up, oh.